It's a Sunday night in Toronto, and we are in studio with one of the greatest comedians in this country, live, right here. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Oh, yeah. Welcome, welcome. You're listening to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And, of course, coast to coast, nationwide on the Global News Radio Network. We have a returning friend of the show, I'm going to say, back in studio. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a couple of years. It's been a couple of years yeah. now. The one and only Sugar Sammy in wow. studio. I'm here, yes. Full hour of Sammy. You've been a busy guy lately. Yeah, I mean, you man. always are, but... yeah. I'm just trying to keep up, right? Keep up. Touring yeah. across Canada right now. Yep. And then, uh, so right now, so you're, this week, you're in Brampton, you're in Toronto, and then you take off for Europe again. That's right. So it's like nonstop for you. Nonstop, man. It's been great. It's been fun. I'm rich. It's like, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's just been fun, man. It's just been working. You know, look, I remember, uh, you know, I've been in the business 23 years, so wow. there were times when you'd wait by the phone You'd struggle just to get five minutes on open mic. So just being yeah. able to be up on stage every day is just a blessing, you know, so happy. Couldn't be happier. It's one of those things where you almost, it's almost like you'll lose momentum if you stop at this point. You just kind of, this is just what you do. This is the nature of it, right? Yeah, it's the nature of it and and not just lose momentum, but I feel like I'm on a roll and like I'm getting, I'm also like, you feel yourself just becoming better every day, you know, and you're like, I don't want to lose that momentum either. You know? And you're doing a lot of new stuff lately, actually, especially since the last time we talked to you. So I want to get into some of that mm-hmm. today. Did, does this still, do you still have the same sort of, do you still feed off the same energy for doing all this? Like, does it ever feel like work for you at any point? Or do you still have that same excitement of I'm touring the world, I'm selling out theaters, I'm on television all over the map right now? Yeah, no, it's ne- never, it never gets old, man. I always feel like there's always that new challenge, that new territory that you want to take over. You know, there's that new show that you want to put together, new things that you want to write. You're writing every day, you know, and yeah. especially now, whenever you change context, it becomes exciting, right? Because, you you know, your brain starts like picking up on all these new things you'd never seen before. Coming back to Canada after touring Europe, it's yeah. been amazing. It's been amazing to see. And my tour in Canada is happening at the same time as the election campaign. So just being able to have that, my own side campaign, while this is happening, has been fantastic. And I did want to actually get your take on some of this stuff, too. You right. actually, you put out a clip. You did a bit about this whole Justin Trudeau controversy. Right. Uh, and I did want to get your take on that as a comic, as a Canadian, as an outside observer, and as, I don't, there's no not awkward way for me to say this as a, as a white dude, <laughs> as a person of color. Say it. As a, I did you just call us colored? <laughs> yeah. That's so 1950s. What did you do, think about do this? Do we have a separate bathroom here at Chorus <laughs> yeah. as well? There's two water fountains <laughs> here in the Chorus building. Uh-oh. What was your whole, I mean, did you, what did you think of this? I mean, obviously you, you tackled it in your stand-up, of course, right. as, you're, as you're going to do. But just as an aside, like, what, did you think it was sort of blown out of proportion? Did you, Definitely. were you offended by the whole thing? Like, Well, because you also have to, the thing is, people say you have to put it into context, right? People say, yeah. people say well, if Andrew Scheer... Uh, had photos out of him with brown fa- with brown face. Uh, he wouldn't survive that. I was like, absolutely, 
because you also have to see the person behind it, the context yeah. behind it. You know, you look at Justin Trudeau. I mean, everything he has, that he represents, everything he's communicated, what he's built in terms of like diversity in his, you know, in, in his party, diversity uh, in his cabinet. Uh, you know, the the you know the fact that he he prones that he symbolizes that. He almost kind of like let it let it slide. All right, he made a mistake. But if it was someone else, yeah, obviously you'd be like, oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I guess it is. Cause, I mean, yeah, it was a stupid costume in the past, and I guess you really do have to weigh out sort of policy versus the person, right? That's right. It's- and and also he's from Quebec, and Quebec blackface is kind of normal. We just call that <laughs> a contemporary play. On a t- it's a Tuesday uh, matinee at the at the theater. <laughs> yeah, your comedy is still infused with a lot of vaudeville and variety yeah. yeah it's a lot more flamboyant you still do see blackface like in <laughs> quebec on quebec tv and in quebec uh plays so it's not unusual we kind of like went oh okay there's the quebec part of him <laughs> so he'll still get the yeah he'll yeah. still get those it's interesting though when i was talking to uh, u.s comic samarell about this a couple of weeks ago it kind of feels like we're in the same position again in Canada where, you know, there's three people you could vote for, really, at the end of the day. Right. And we just sort of pick one to end up with, you know, a- anything but that guy sort of a thing, which is what we did when we voted Trudeau in in the first place. Right. Looking at the U.S. election right now, because there's so many options, I mean, the fat will kind of get simmered down and everything. But right now, there's like 100 people on the Democratic nominees list. Right. It almost feels like they have better options on the table right now than we do. They, they don't. I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Yes. Because nothing will compete with Donald Trump. Because you to compete with him, you can't start intellectualizing. You can't have a guy who's creating like complete sentences with yeah. like verbs. Like you need like someone at his level, like no frontal lobe, just throwing feces. That guy will win. You need a white guy doing that. Like <laughs> you do need almost another cartoon character. Yeah, you do. You do to to battle that because you can't battle you can't bring him on your territory you actually have to go on his territory and be better at it than he is because it's just that he's so watchable like you can listen to this guy and he the thing is no one will ever say the man's not authentic like he (laughs) says what he means no one will ever forget this presidency i do want to pick your brain on on some more of that stuff when we come back from break we'll be back with more sugar sammy right here on inside jokes global news radio 640 toronto this is Nigel Grinstead inside here on 640 on Inside Jokes. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, Canada. You're listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We are in studio with the one and only Sugar Sammy. That's right. How are you doing? It's good to have you back. <laughs> good to be back. <laughs> so before break, we jumped into a little bit of, you know, because you're up, you're on stage doing material about this, and you were talking about how right now it's an interesting time for you to be touring back at home in Canada uh-huh. during this election cycle. Right. And the whole, of course, the Justin Trudeau controversy. Well, there's so much. That's It's not there's, just that. It's like Canadian politics has finally done it. Like they've gotten down to the level of American politics. We kind of have, or yeah. at least this is, it feels like this is the closest we have. Like yeah. Canadian politics usually isn't, much of a sideshow at all it's kind of an election comes and we all do our due diligence and vote and somebody else is prime minister and then we just go on with our lives in the states it's like the second somebody takes the oath of office that election cycle just starts all over again yeah it's a circus i mean but with us we're doing it man i'm proud of us like you know we're actually like i was watching the debates the other day we're actually addressing issues that canadians that keep canadians up at night like does andrew Shear have his insurance broker's license like like, <laughs> yeah. like you know like this like you know those things that we can't sleep 
you know, like they keep us up at night. Like uh, how many black faces incidents of blackface were there? Like, you know, those yeah. kind of things that really mean something to us. It really does. This is like <laughs> the closest we've ever come to like the birther thing and all that yeah. stuff, you know. But you were talking before the break about obviously Trump. Trump is always the elephant in the room, but it really is. I I don't think even even to the level that that America has gotten down to, there's never ever been a spectacle like this before. Like nobody, whether he gets reelected or not, nobody's ever going to forget this presidency. I mean, how can you? No, it's such a smudge. We actually, you know? it, he was so good at what he did that he made us forget other bad presidencies. Like George Bush doesn't yeah. seem so bad anymore. Right? You know? We're almost looking at that and going, weren't those the good old days? Yeah. yeah. Didn't he have a clip where, where they, they, they flash him and he's like, how you like me now? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? Like you're almost looking back on that and going, simpler times. Simpler times. Dick Cheney, <laughs> simpler times. Exactly. But it's so, and you know, like the Trump stuff, I mean, especially, I'm sure in comedy it gets old because it's yeah. almost like, you know, I always love, there was this quote from Bill Maher back in the George Bush era and the George W. era where he goes, you know, people always would come up to me and say, isn't this fantastic that you got to be a comedian while this guy's president? And he goes, but if I could take back the maybe 15 minutes of monologue jokes I wrote about this guy and have none of that happen, I would have been fine with that. Right. So it's almost like the whole Trump thing, it gets old and gets tired, but then something new comes up where it's just so mind-blowing that this is reality. For me, my the f- favorite thing recently was the hurricane map. Mm. That was so unbelievable. Right. Like, the yeah. guy took a Sharpie... And altered the course of a hurricane instead of taking back <laughs> yeah. a tweet. Well, yeah. And, and this is the principle. Well, even his tweets are outrageous. And then, like, it's it almost sounds like a schoolyard fight, you know? Right? Like, yeah. And then he had, uh, what did he say at one point? He's like, uh, you know, we sent man, uh, man to, we want to send man to Mars, which, by the way, the moon is a part of. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody starts correcting. He's like, nah, you don't know. You don't yeah. know, man. Yeah. It's nah, a bias. <laughs> president shouldn't tweet in the first place. The president shouldn't tweet that much. Shouldn't tweet that much. No, there should be like a committee yeah. checking and fact checking every word. Hashtag Kofife. And, <laughs> and like, you know, like checking every comma, making sure that these statements are official statements yeah. on Twitter. But he's like, nah, man, I'm up. I don't understand. I want to tweet. How is there no job for that in the White House? Like Vince Tedesco, our producer of this show, I'm not even, I, I host a show that t- tens and dozens of people probably listen to. I'm not even allowed to do my own tweets. Yeah. Vince does all that. Not look, last week. Right? How yeah. come the president is doing this I stuff? Know. I, don't, look, I don't get it. I have four people filtering on Twitter before <laughs> right? I get into trouble, right? And like, I'm a comic from Montreal. This guy's the president of the biggest country in the world. But nah, man. He's like, I'm, I got this, guys. I got that. But I, at the same time, it's fun to see that a war could break out because of a tweet. Yeah, it very well might. It very well might. It might. It might. Like in history books, how did this start? How did the war start with North Korea? For a tweet. From a tweet. From it, a tweet. It, could, it really could happen. Anything could happen it with could this happen. guy. Listen, I, look, I don't think in all fairness he's the only one who's gotten into hot water because of Twitter. Our uh, Canadian um, uh, foreign minister, I think, uh, tweeted something to uh, the Saudi Arabians, and yeah. we and we we got we had diplomatic issues with uh, with Saudi Arabia because of that. It was an official statement. I kind of feel like our Canadian political landscape definitely changed and became a bit more of an entertainment, probably in the Rob Ford days oh, here right. in Toronto. 
That's right. Because that was the first time that I can think of where people in the States, worldwide, were watching Canadian politics and Canadian news and going, look at this guy. This is unbelievable. It's so true, though. And he was like the first kind of crackhead politician. <laughs> yeah. You guys did it. Toronto did it. Like, right? <laughs> Montreal doesn't have that. Montreal doesn't have that. <laughs> and neither and Trump does all of this sober. Like, here's the thing. He yeah. doesn't drink. He doesn't do... Any drugs, but fuck, you guys got the. This is just how his brain works. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Or, yeah. or doesn't. Yeah, you guys, yeah. The, you guys have the crackhead. That's great. You guys, <laughs> that's the accomplishment. I did. I feel like that sort of cracked things open for us because now, even, yeah, this election, it's like you have whatever Shears policies are that are scary and people are. Jagmeet's kind of like the quiet, reserved one in this election. But you know what? Trudeau's got the blackface see, thing. Yeah, but it's good things. to see the emergence of Jagmeet Singh. Like he's kind of like a, a cool guy to 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 check out and to see and like to to hear a good voice. It's a different voice. Absolutely, and I'm not going to say obviously my own you know opinions or where I'm voting or anything like that. But it's almost like you're watching these two sort of caricatures duke it out over these silly issues and non-issues, and then in the other corner is just Jagmeet, just like ah, I'm just running an actual campaign right. over here. Here, it's fun to see the guy with the turban calming things down. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He is. And he's over there going, I'm actually, I have actual ideas right yeah, now guys, for Canada. Uh, <laughs> so when the Sikh guy is like, guys, chill out, please, relax. <laughs> hey, relax. Can we please take it easy? Right? And I think, you know, not telling people which way to go on it, but it is interesting. It's like there's actually an actual campaign happening over yeah. there. Listen, I'm still undecided, like most Canadians. I'm still undecided. I, I'm still researching. This is like probably one of the most important yeah. elections and one of the most... Uh, the elections that I think I've been uh, really involved in in terms of just like reading up on it, watching the news, listening to everybody's policy. Because no one, none of the candidates perfectly represent what I want either. It's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Like yeah. economically, I'm on this side. Socially, I'm on this side. Personality-wise, I like this person. So it's like I have no perfect choice right now. And I really got to boil it down to who's going to be represent me the best and not just that one one other thing we forget is we forget to vote for the person that's in our riding yeah so you gotta totally. also like factor that in at one point okay who's the best person in my riding and does that fit within it does there's yeah. almost there's not one necessarily perfect candidate or perfect party at the top it's you have to sort of you're selecting all of these things. It's a buffet. It, it is a it's buffet. It's a political buffet. And Canadians have a tendency to vote the way that dads buy Christmas presents. Right. Last minute, the mall's about to close. Then we go in and go, we decide on the ballot right then and there. But That's I got to say something. You can't do that this time. Because if you do that, I guarantee, I was thinking about it. I was like, if I go in last minute, I'll probably end up voting impulsively and then feel sick after. Yeah. So you really got to make your decision. 48 hours before and go in with that decision. You there we gotta go. do it. That's a good, strong message from Sugar Sammy. Listen and vote, Canada. We'll be back with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, this is Richard Lett. You're listening. Okay, I'm sorry. Hey, this is Alex Wood, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Very soothing. I like that, man. Wasn't that very soothing? It's little, the best. I like that like talk radio voice. You know, little like, Rufus Wainwright. Yeah. Remember back in the day there was this uh, movie called Night Radio or something like that? It was like... Night Radio? Yeah. It was like this guy was like a talk show radio host, but at night people would listen, but there were like creeps listening in. So yeah, you when that you voice. get those like yeah. midnight DJs that are That's just like right. you're listening to the soothing sounds of the river. That's right. You know, and playing their own music. And- yeah, but or just talking. It was like talk yeah. radio, but at night, and it's like all these creepy people listening. So you got that voice that like I think attracts creepy 
Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's our base. I mean, 8 p.m. Sundays, we're in the hot spot. I just, we just get all the creeps. And the that's creeps. It. I remember Pump Up the Volume. Pump Up the Volume was right? awesome. Happy Harry Hard On. I don't know if that I could Christian even Slater. say that on here. Christian Slater, that's right. Vince Tedesco, our producer. Uh, the voice you're hearing, by the way. We're, if you're just tuning in now, shame on you. Mm. This show's been going for like 20 minutes, but we are back in studio with the one and only Sugar Sammy. Uh, before the break, we were getting into, we were getting political. Right. A little bit, because it's election time here in Canada. You've been hitting the road here at home, but you're going back to Europe after this. Right. So you have an interesting an interesting gig these days that I kind of wanted to get into a little bit with you. Mm-hmm. So basically, you are the Parisian Simon Cowell. What's going on here? How did this happen? Yeah, I'm like kind of the, um, the like, you know, the more demanding judge on France has got talent. Yeah. Right? So it's called La France a un incroyable talent. I really wanted you to say that. La France a un incroyable talent. <laughs> so, um, so I'm pretty much the North American guy, you know, a little more capitalist, a little more pragmatic, being able to tell people no. Uh, I know you think this is artistic, but this sucks. Man, get out, <laughs> get out of here. Security, get them out. No, so I, uh, it's it's kind of it's a cool gig. It's like one of the biggest shows on French TV right now, and it's been fun, like touring and side by side having this show on TV. It's been just like uh, you know a dream come true. It's been it's been fantastic for uh, for uh, for my show as well on the road. Like uh, I have this whole new fan base that just comes out. Well, that's the thing, and I mean it's. It's funny the gigs like that that stand-up could lead to. I mean, that's such a strange turn of events. I mean, I'm sure that's not something you would have pictured yourself necessarily doing because of this, right? Right. But, I mean, you've also, you've been touring Europe. You've been all over the map for a long time now. But now to just, like, to be on TV and have this new audience coming out to see your stand-up and to come into the theaters and watch you. Yeah. I mean, that must be interesting, that that sort of response to that. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, there are other comics who've done it in other countries. Like, Howie Mandel's done it in the States. You know, Howard Stern is not a comic. But, I mean, he's... He, yeah. Yeah. He's taken on that role, and then uh, who else? Michael McIntyre did it as well. So it's kind of fun. It's fun. It's a fun gig to have, and it's fun to kind of see other uh, other acts come in and give them pointers as well, and really also discover real new talent like that. You know, I always say some of the best probably potential comics and musicians are still in their basement doing something yeah. we haven't discovered them yet and they just haven't had that platform we were like we're gonna discover this person one day and it's gonna be like where were you this whole time and you discover them on shows like this such is a there, platform is there something a little bit fun a little bit rewarding about being the bad the bad cop a little bit um shooting get, dreams down <laughs> no, i mean that's kind of like mean but <laughs> it's not really that i think it's i, I get to kind of have fun with you know because the yeah. best parts are the great auditions or the really bad ones. Yeah. Because the really bad ones lend to so much material and so much riffing. And the really good ones just make you discover great new talent. But the medium ones never give you anything great. But I love when it's really bad because like, I'll have you know four or five bits that just come out right <laughs> yeah. away. I'm like, okay, this is my brain's just firing. I can't wait to like throw these out there. They're just putting that right on your plate. Yeah, exactly. And then right, every once in a while you get like the Callum Scott audition, right? Like You just get somebody that comes out and just shatters it, right? And yeah. Oh, yeah. Some, get, some of these people, though, that come out to these shows, I mean, you just wonder, is this real? Like, like how many people in your have been lying to you for you to like, come out? To come, come here? <laughs> come here, yeah. They, almost, they wanted to watch it happen. Yeah, they wanted to watch it happen, or they just didn't have the heart to tell you early on. And it's like, there had to be a chain of events. There's a lot of people, because it's not just one person, and then you're yeah. sheltered from it. A lot of people told you you were great. It's sort of like when you first, first start out stand-up and you hit your first couple of open mics, you'll have like those friends from college or something that'll follow you around because they're like, oh, this is great. This guy's going to fall flat on his face. 
and I'm going to watch it happen. So hey, Sam, would you have done a show <laughs> yeah. like that if it was around? Um, That's interesting, yeah. You know what? I don't know. I'm, I'm not like, sure. Would you go on TV and expose yourself in that? Like, Would you have the, like, uh, like the balls to do it? I guess. It they depends. Get up there, yeah. It depends, because it is depends on, on, on where you are in your career, because some comics have done it, and it's been brilliant for them. Like, There's a guy named Deliso Chapanda, Okay. Who uh, this guy from Malawi, comedian, really good friend of mine, um, who used to tour Canada, used to tour um, and do a lot of shows in Montreal, was based out of Montreal, and then moved to England, was touring England as a club comic, like headlining, and then did that show and exploded. Like yeah. now he's doing theater tours. He did that show two years ago, placed third, and he's like a mega star in England right now. Do you so, remember your first ever set? My first ever set? Yeah. Oh yeah, it oh, was. Everybody it, does. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was like nineteen. And it was in CJEP. CJEP is like yeah. uh, in Montreal. It's between uh, high school and university. Uh, university is a preparatory program. It's yeah. a big waste of time. <laughs> anyway, so we, we, I did a set there because we wanted to throw a comedy show to raise funds for the Black Student Association, which I was a part of. But I mean, it, I was as myself, not in blackface. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's, <laughs> I know it's a very big Quebecois okay, tradition. It's yeah. Quebec, yeah. Yeah, so it was okay. But uh, no, I, um, so I did a set there and uh, we raised a lot of money for it and then, you know, the, the student uh, career counselor saw me, introduced me to a comedy club uh, owner down there in Montreal and then I just started doing it. Yeah. And just went from there. It went from there, yeah. And now you're on France has got talent. France has got talent, and more importantly, I'm on Inside Jokes. And on Inside, right? Oh, That's right. You're no. going places there. What a segue. What you a like plug. That? We'll be back with more Sugar Sammy right here in studio on Inside Jokes. Hey, this is Frank Sparone, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And, of course, coast-to-coast, Canada-wide on the Global News Radio Network. Little Chromeo there. Yeah, We're love in studio Chromeo. with Sugar Sammy. So we're doing all Montreal songs today. That's awesome. Home turf for you. I said before the show, when we were when we were off air, that I, th- I felt Chromeo was like the Canadian LMFAO. Right. And you said, no, there's more. There's, there's more, more there. There's it. more depth. There's more depth. Chromie, Chromie's, Chromie's next level, man. They're really good. Dave One on vocals, P Thug. There you, you know, go. Doing his thing over there. It's a, they're, they're an amazing duo. Like, and Dave One, his vocals are just insane. He's, I, th- I think they're great, man. I think they, they need more um, you know, mass uh, radio play. I think they need to get on. Well, it starts right here. Let's do this. On Global News Radio. Let's do it because the world needs to discover Chromio. <laughs> All the cool people know who Chromio are, but the world needs to This is, stuff. they're going to blow up. The, this is the, this is where pop music starts is yeah. on Sunday evenings. The interesting thing about you, Sugar Sam, well, I mean, there's lots of interesting things about you, but mm-hmm. we were talking before the break about how you're, you're, you're a judge on this TV show in France now. You're out, you're touring the world, you're selling out theaters. For you though, Montreal has always been has always remained home. Yeah, it's always home base. Yeah, it's interesting because some comics, the very few from this country that sort of get to your level and get to maintain that and get these opportunities, people take off. That's just the natural way of things. Right. For you, has it always been important to keep those roots here in Montreal and here in Canada and stay stay home and work at home as much as you can? Um, I mean, for me, I think it's always just been a question of. Uh, I'm never home anyway, right? So I'm always yeah. <laughs> so I'm always touring, and and today with with internet, th- the way things have changed, you know, people used to say, "Oh, you need to be in New York, you need to be in LA." That's not yeah. true, man. You could build your career from anywhere. Prince 
built his career for Minneapolis, man. He was yeah. in Minneapolis, recorded everything in Minneapolis, lived in Minneapolis, and was doing just fine. I think you can easily not just create, but run your career from wherever you are today. Like, wherever you are, all you need is Wi-Fi. Yeah, and I think in stand-up, that's certainly changed more recently and you know with the advent of podcasts blowing up and netflix specials and comedy becoming this thing again we've talked about that on this show before where it's it's almost like everything just became for a global audience yeah and it's not like it's not all it's also not saying that like i don't think we can say that montreal is not a great city to perform in. it's it is the second biggest city in canada mm-hmm. i mean there are enough stages enough open mics enough ways to get yourself on stage every day and create stuff and build yourself a career and then fly out and tour everywhere and come back. Totally. Know? And I mean, Mon- the interesting thing about Montreal, Quebec as a whole, but I think Montreal as a city is, well, first off, I mean, the biggest comedy fest on the planet is right. based there, right? Just for laughs is there every year. And it's also a city that's very music and comedy. The culture of Montreal is such a part of the fabric of the city. That's right. Toronto is a bit different that way where, you know, we have tons of stand-up here, of course. Everything's sort of based here. TV auditions are here and all that stuff. It's like this is where you have to be because of the, the quote-unquote, the industry is here. That's right. But with Montreal, there's something more celebratory it about the it. the arts. Yeah. yeah. It feels like everything's more a bit more of a celebration and it's a bit more ingrained into their culture. Toronto's more of just sort of Toronto appreciates work. the established arts. Yeah. yeah. The industry. Credits behind your name. Right? Yeah, okay, right. then you're good here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I think Montreal also, one thing that's important for my career is because it's in both official languages. I mean, that's my, that's the spot I should be in because I could, you know, test my material in English, test my material in French, fly out to France, fly out to the rest of the world, you know, and like kind of have that, that home base where I can, I can actually really create my work in both languages, both official languages. And I mean, you're not just working in English and French fluently. I mean, you're doing, so you have what, five languages, four Four, languages? Four, yeah. And so you'll, you'll perform in all of these languages. I mean, I think that's, that's an important part of your arsenal as well. I think a lot of Canadian comics coming up get, get stuck in that trap of, you know, being too regional in their stand-up and in their writing. Right. And then you leave Canada and you go, oh, I can't relate to anybody. Yeah. For you, I mean, you could be in Sweden tomorrow and France yesterday and back home in Canada, and you can relate to all of those audiences in the same way. Right. I think a lot of that is also adaptation. So you got to make sure you, when you get to a new place, adapt, write new stuff, right? You know, yeah. I always write stuff where I actually kind of, you know, um, I create material, like customized material for the place. My French yeah. show in France is nothing like my French show in Quebec. It's two separate shows. It's really a cultural roast of France. So I come in as the Quebecois, Montreal, Indian, and I roast yeah. France. And I talk about their politics, their way of, you know, their food, their their culture, the way their women behave, the fashion, the priorities, you know, the strikes, the... You know, so all that the complaint, the complaint culture that they have. Over there. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I talk about all of that. So I mean, to me, I think that's kind of uh, the secret is uh, you know, and, and I think it's any species that survives and thrives does that adapts to their environment. Adapt. So, so you got to do that as a comic as well and read the room, right? And one another interesting thing about about your comedy is, I mean, obviously you're you're talking about how you you constantly have to be writing. I mean, even when. Yeah. We mentioned earlier in the show the Trudeau thing happened. You had a bit about Trudeau right away. It's yeah. like you're constantly tackling what's going on. You're constantly writing. You're constantly evolving. But one thing that sets you aside as well, aside from performing all over the world and in four languages and all this stuff, is crowd work. Right. Crowd work is just part of the job for every comic. But there's a very select few people who I think can take that to a level where that's just a whole 
art form in itself. Some people just revel in that and thrive in crowd work. You definitely seem to have that energy where you just love going in. You might have 40 minutes of stuff you want to talk about, but all of a sudden you'll jump in and something will happen where you're just doing 20 minutes of relating to the crowd. Yeah. And that becomes your show that day. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's like, it's the equivalent of a musician like doing a guitar solo or like jamming on the side. Like, okay, man, we know our songs, but let's take a little breather over here and do like a little jam and yeah, have yeah. fun. And so that's kind of it. You know, it's like, hey, I want to also make the show fun for me because after, you know, hundreds of shows in a year, it, you could be on autopilot. You know, you could have that like, okay, it's going to be on autopilot mode. It's going to be the same show for everybody. Yeah. You're just going to say, hello, Vancouver, or hello, Regina. Or, but to me, it's important to kind of customize and have fun with it and be excited about the show. And that gets me in the moment. Totally. And I mean, I think that audiences sense that energy. They could tell. If you're not having fun with it, if you're just doing this rehearse thing, people aren't buying it either. Yeah, you don't want to just phone it in, you know, because that's not what they paid for. Like, think about it. Like, I always say, man, it's, you know, this audience chose this as their night out. You know, some people like, you know, they'll have one night out a month. So they pick this. All right. So the two, that's two tickets, parking, uh, you know, dinner, all that stuff. Like it, it, they took time and money out of their their day. It's an event. Yeah, yeah. It's an event. You so you remember this. You want to give them the best show possible. There we go. Speaking of best show possible, we'll be back with more Sugar Sammy right here on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Long Line, comma, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back, Canada. You're listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're in studio with Montreal's golden boy, Sugar Sammy. Well, I mean, worldwide comedian. You're all over the place, man. But always a Montrealer at heart. Always a Montrealer at heart. That's why I love that you played Leonard Cohen. Is there is there some streets named after him over there yet? Or Not yet. They should though. They really should. They right? should. But he has that bass baritone voice. I love that man. He's like the Barry White of white people. <laughs> like, I really love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yeah. white Barry White. Yeah, the Barry really white. That's right. That's really what he is. There's no uh, mistake. Everybody knows. They should. They should have some stuff named after him. They should have everything named after him. I mean, I'm from Thunder Bay, Ontario, and we have a Paul Schaefer. Drive right. for God's sake! Yeah. Oh, so yeah. that's that's the street in Thunder Bay. That's the street. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally a, a drive, a driveway. That's for Paul. That's the street in Thunder that's Bay. That's street. your street. Oh, there we go. So that's all we have is Paul Schaefer and like uh, five hockey players. I don't know. Right. That's really all. I that can't wait till they build streets so we can name them after those hockey <laughs> yeah. players. Those other. <laughs> no, no. He's getting a road. Yeah. <laughs> he's getting loose gravel. Uh, last week on the show, actually, when we had you call in, so we we're talking about friends in comedy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when you're starting out in stand up comics who sort of liked your stuff and gave you a bit of a boost, mm-hmm. I was curious when you were starting out, was there anybody here in Canada who sort of maybe mentored you or, or just really liked what you were doing and nobody, sort of gave you that push? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> all a bunch of bastards. Like, honestly, no one at all. No one at I all. I was a solo lone wolf. Uh, uh, did it on my own. Um, kind of got no. I don't know. <laughs> there, uh, listen. I had a lot of comedy fri- uh, friends starting out, and you know, I've kept uh, I've kept all of them. I mean, one of my best friends in comedy is uh, Massimo. Yeah, that I mentioned yeah. last week. I mean, I toured with Massimo 
quite often we we still uh, we still uh, do shows together, and he's still one of my favorite guys to watch on stage when he headlines. Whenever he's in your city, whoever's listening, yeah, go and see Massimo and hang out with him after because there are chances you could get arrested <laughs> hanging out with Massimo. He's so much fun. The guy's yeah. a lot of fun and just a cool guy and a really nice guy. Yeah, he's a live he's a live wire off stage. Yeah, he's, he he loves what he's doing. He enjoys it. He enjoys it. He's great at it, and he's not just good in terms of his material. He's one of those guys you laugh at his behavior on stage, like between bits, just the way he looks at people, the way he moves, yeah. the way he his little ticks are hilarious. The Liso Chipanda is another guy I was talking about that. Um, I toured with at one point it was myself, uh, Massimo and Deliso. We'd be touring together a lot, and Deliso is like blowing up in uh, England right now. So check him out on YouTube. When whenever he comes down uh, to Canada, you got to check him out. Deliso Chapanda from Malawi, yeah. really cr- clever, intelligent writer, really really funny. Is there anywhere you like to go as a comic just to? Because I mean, obviously, you know, when you're in France and when you're back in Europe, you're getting recognized, especially now with the you know judging on France's got talent. Mm-hmm. When you're here at home in Canada, of course, you're recognized, mm-hmm. and a lot of the times you're out, you're doing selling out theaters. You've built your own brand. Is there somewhere for you where, as a comic, you still just want to go and sort of just slip into some club somewhere and just drop a few minutes of new material and just work on something without all sort of the big hype and people following you around and all that stuff? Like, can you still disappear in that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons I like starting in a new market. You know, yeah. that anonymity. Because, you know, the best way to write as a writer is when you're not being observed because you're always observing and writing, right? Yeah. But when people are around you and they know who you are, you're not properly, like, you're not that fly on the wall, right? And that's yeah. the best way to kind of work on material. So I love going into new markets. I'm starting to build England now, my, my British... Uh, my British uh, set right now. So uh, I went into England earlier this year. So when I was doing shows in France, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, during the week, I'd go to England and I'd just kind of do all these comedy clubs and work on material and work on my British stuff. So I love popping in and out of places. I'm doing a U.S. tour where I headline the U.S., Yeah, but I'm not a known entity. I could still walk around New York City, walk around Atlanta, and barely anyone recognizes me. I'll have one person that week or two, but, you know, and it's 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 rare, you know, so not like here, or not like in France. Yeah. And I like that. I like going to the States and having a new, having people discover me for the first time as well, like converting that new fan, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, you can go explore the city right all day and then still go and have this crowd that came out to watch you that night. So it's yeah. sort of the best of both worlds. Yeah, I love that. I love being in a new place and winning over a new audience, especially when they don't know who you are and they're like coming and going, let's let's see, who is this guy? And then just nailing it down. And then just nailing it. Does the States, because I mean, obviously you've been working and touring there for a long time, for a lot of years in your career. Does it feel different going there right now? Just the culture of America with everything happening with Trump and the politics and all that. Like, does it feel different for you going in and working there now? No, it's actually fun because I go in as the Canadian and kind of roast them as the neighbor, you know, from, from watching them from the other side of the fence. And uh, and <laughs> and it's almost like you're doing them a service, like they need you to let them laugh about this for the night because they're stuck in it, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think that's kind of fun. And um, and no, everybody wants to come out and laugh, especially in difficult to political times. People want this. They want to, you know, it's kind of liberating to come out and laugh at what's going on around you. And I think comedy is the first place that that goes down, you know. So um, it's it's the place where those doors open up and you're able to laugh and talk about these things. Because a lot of times, especially today, like there's so many territories that are taboo now, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And the comedians are the ones breaking them open. We get into hot water for those things. But, you know, if you look at it, typically 
the people that we admire, that we've always loved, the legends to us, have been people who've been crossing the lines. Totally. And that's the thing. People talk about this like this is something new all of a sudden. Yeah. It's not. I mean, all of the names that you throw around, the big icons of exactly. all time, that's what they were doing. That's why we still talk about them. Look, Lenny Bruce got arrested doing yeah. stand-up. Yeah. You, know? like you look at the Lenny Bruce's, the Richard Pryor's, the Eddie Murphy's, the Dave Chappelle's, you know, like all these people, George Carlin, like these yeah. people we always name, you know, they're kind of like the canon of comedy in the canon of comedy we name them as our the people we look up to even the people who are always like you know butthurt about these jokes keep naming these people but i'm like these people were doing the same thing that you're mad about right yeah now. and and you're taking it away you're taking that possibility away from today's comics and you know what gets on my nerves even more is comedians policing other comedians about 100 their type of material you know yeah. it used to be you judge a comedian on on their ability to make you laugh, meaning as a technician, you'd be like, oh, that guy's kind of funny. Oh, that way he still needs to work on this and that. Oh, his delivery isn't great. Now it's like, well, he's a little bit too right wing for me. Yeah. There's nothing I like more than being on a show and having six different points of view, six different comedians, six different types of per people coming from different places, making you laugh, but having different things to say. It's like today, if you don't think like me, and if you're not like woke in this way and this way and this way, well, then you're a monster. Absolutely. And I think that's wrong. And I think that's what's happening right now that I, I, I've never seen this in comedy history before where people are doing this to other comedians. Totally. And it's because everybody has a voice and an opinion and it gets broadcast all over the place immediately. These comics that you mentioned back, they were going to actual court for obscenity trials. Now it's just the court of public opinion. And That's it's right. like this anger culture. We're going to be back with more Sugar Sammy right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, this is John Oakley. Just thought I'd stick around in the studio for Inside Jokes to die for. Right here at 640. Now, back to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, Canada. You're listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and a coast, a coast to coast, across the coast, Canada-wide. Great show right up until the end. But, of course, you can listen to us in the whole country, online, on the internet, on Global News Radio Network, in studio with Sugar Sammy. That's right. You've been here at home touring. <laughs> You're on French television, actual French. Yeah. Right? From France. France. Yeah. From France. Yeah. You're a judge on France's Got Talent. That's right. You're the Parisian Simon Cowell of sorts. If we want to say. But with your own spin on it. That's right. And I'm touring France. Touring France. And uh, that's it. And I'm going to be in Brampton and in, in Toronto. Isn't that interesting, too? Like, obviously, you come home, you do these shows back home in Montreal and here in Toronto and, mm -hmm. and in even small town Canada and theaters everywhere. That must be a bit of a whirlwind for you, even at this point in your career, to be like, this week you're on TV. This week you're in somewhere in Europe. This week you're in Brampton. Like yeah. you're in like small city Ontario. I know. But you know what? Important city. Important in, city. In this election, I think it'll come down to Brampton. I think it'll come down. I'm not even kidding. I, I honestly do think that'll be a it's huge gonna influence. It's going to come down to the GTA, that like northern part of Toronto. Yeah. That 905 area code. That's where it's going to play out. That's where the prime minister is going to be decided. 
I t- I'm telling you. I actually think the, there's a lot of truth to that as yeah, well. That's where it's going to be decided. That's going to be the tight race the night of the election because we know which way Alberta is going to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Quebec's going to be like divided up a little bit, Le Bloc, where it's going to be a little bit of the conservatives, a lot, you know, very liberal as well. And then there's going to be BC that's going to be, I think, split. Prairie is going to be very conservative. And then I think it's all going to come down to Ontario, man. Yeah. At some point, Ontario and that GTA, that 905, that's going to go late. That count, the 905 ballot count is going to go late into the into the, into the morning. It, it so will. Like, I think we'll have a big... Yeah, it'll be Florida. Yeah. It'll be Florida. We'll Brampton's have... your Florida. Yeah, we'll... But with a lot of Indians trying to negotiate their way out of paying for anything. Like, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, there will be a lot of... Yeah, there will be a big Jagmeet support base here. Yeah. I think it'll happen. I think the same thing is going to happen that happened in 2015, which is going to be Trudeau will get in because we'll be going anything but that. It's like we wanted to get rid of Harper. Right. I think Trudeau became our prime minister because he had the last name. Right. He looked pretty on camera. Right. And we just really wanted to kick Harper out at that point. Right. So I, we're like, I, hey, this is kind of like our candidates, so let's do it. Yeah, but there are a lot of people now, it's weird, who are thinking, oh, anything but Trudeau. Right, so it's yeah. like going back and forth. If you look at the polls, it's really tight, man. It's gonna really come down to that nine oh five Brampton. There's yeah. gonna be some hardcore campaigning. I could see Andrew Shear showing up with some potato biryanis, door to door, going, "Want to want to vote for me?" Wanna, and that well, could swing it. <laughs> I could I, who, it. Canadian politics could be exciting. Who it, knew? It could. It could come down to door to door. Campaigning with Indian food. That's right. That could, that could we'll be see. it. You heard it here first from Sugar Sammy. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. Thanks for having me. Good to have you back in studio. And of course, where's the easiest way for people to go watch all your stuff, find out where you're hitting next, find out where you're touring next? Well, sugarsammy.com is the uh, headquarters on the web. So go, go check there, sugarsammy.com. And then from there, you can flow my YouTube channel, Facebook, all the good stuff is there. Beautiful. Perfect. Sugar Sammy, thank you again. And of course, keep it tuned in right here to Global News Radio 640 Toronto for the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata. And now for this week's comedy listings. And don't forget, check out sugarsammy.com for upcoming tour dates here in Canada and worldwide. And if you, for some reason, happen to listen to this show, but you live in France, you can see him on France's Got Talent and whatever the French version of that show is called. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi. And you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week featuring Sugar Sammy. Did you see that Trudeau sh-? Like, I'm not outraged that he did it. I'm outraged at the level of brown he went to. Because I was like, that was too f-ing brown, dude. That's, that's not even black. That's like crude oil. Like, what makeup did you buy? He looked like a brown guy who went on vacation to the sun. Like, that's how black he went. Like, I was worried for him. I was like, dude, that's worrisome. Bring it down. Did you use all the paint? <laughs> you imagine how brown people are like, everybody's like, are you going to get revenge? I'm like, how are we going to get revenge? What do we do? Like, like dress in white face and throw a footloose party? <laughs> like, I apologize. Let it go, right? Like, no one's mad at Andrew Shear. That guy dresses like a lesbian every day. <laughs>